Necessarily five nights worth, but Freddy, we are ready to go. It's been an eventful week. Uh, Chris can tell you all about it because I've kind of been asleep this week. I know you've got a review of Five Nights at Freddy's to kick us off. But oh, we're going to get right into it, huh? Yeah, let's get no sense in holding back. That's what everybody's tuning in for. Nobody wants to hear us yammer about Disney all over again, although. I got things to yammer about Disney all about. But go right ahead, Chris. What you got? Five Nights at Freddy, the, the geeking out review for all that's worth. What you got? Yes. yes. Five Nights at Freddy's. In yes. case you guys have not heard, the yes. movie is out. Yes. Um, and it's based off of the most, a really very popular video game. Um, Understatement of the century there. But go ahead. Me, myself, I've played like only two of Five Nights at Freddy's, and to be honest, I did not like the games. They were just boring. They're not scary. <laughs> but I was excited for the movie because, I don't know, it just, I, I wasn't going to go in and I don't think nobody actually went into Five Nights at Freddy's and was like, oh, this is going to be a serious horror movie. It was just going to be, I think it's going to be good, but not bad, mm -hmm. you know? And it is. It really is. Uh, of course, if you do not know the premise of uh, the Five Nights of Freddy's, it is about being a security guard of a really worn out, forgotten child's uh, children's pizza joint, basically. Right? Yes. So, in other words, it's not Chuck E. Cheese. No. It's Freddy Fazbear's. Yes. Right. Exactly. And then, of course, there's these animatronic uh, bear, duck, rabbit. The various char animatronic characters in the band. Yes. yes. And they come to life at night, haunting the security guard. And you have to survive until your shift is over with. It's pretty much simple, right? That's the whole premise. The movie itself, though, keeps that whole premise alive except it does add a murder mystery which is honestly pretty cool hmm. um so you have the security guard played by josh hutchinson which i believe is from here in kentucky i believe uh if i remember correctly uh he plays the security guard who uh has this problem sleeping because when he sleeps he remembers his uh this tragic moment when he was a child when him and his family was at a park and uh somebody comes through <laughs> that, that would be something. a little too cool somebody abduct, uh, abduct, uh, abducted abducted his little brother and 
he believes that he's seen the person that done it, but he cannot remember who did it. So it's been bothering him in his entire life. Uh, he's been taking care of his little sister. And uh, yeah, he gets a job at Five Nights at Freddy's and uh, turns out that uh, let's just say there's a little tie-in for <clears throat> what happened to his little brother and why these mechanical these robots come are coming to life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, first of all, the movie also has Matthew Lillard. Love Matthew Lillard. He knows who he is. I, I couldn't tell you. Really? That off the top of Shaggy head. from Scooby Doo. Scream. Oh, never watched. Just, never watched a single Scream movie ever. Hmm. Well, anyway, any of the forty of them. No. <laughs> anyway, I agree. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of people that I hear uh, say that they was disappointed because they was kind of hoping that this movie was more violent. The deaths in this movie. It happens off camera. So it doesn't actually show, you know, it's not bloody. It's not gory. Um, the movie itself is not even scary. It's actually really funny. There's a lot of funny parts to where, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like seeing these scary animatronic, uh, animals come at you, but yet they stop and they do a little funny thing and, which makes the audience kind of go, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a good Halloween movie. But uh, yeah, it's not scary. It's not, and it's not a bad movie. It's just, uh, it it is what it is. It's what you thought it would be, <laughs> you know. So yeah, the thing about Five Nights at Freddy's, okay, Five Nights at Freddy's was jump scare the video game. Yeah, okay, that's much. all it is. It's a jump yeah. scare movie, and you get into it because you, in the video game you play the guard. You're supposed to be watching all these monitors and stuff, and you're supposed to go out on patrol. And you're supposed to you've got to keep track of where everything is, because if you don't, one of them's going to come to life and sneak up on you. Because when you first start playing the game, and I've never played the game, but I know enough about it. When you first start playing the game, you get the idea these things are alive and they're moving on their own after the power's been turned off. So you're you're kind of skeeved about that. And then you're you've really got to stay on your toes not to get caught by these things, or you're going to be crammed into one of the animatronics because they think everybody everybody who's in the business after hours is one of the animatronics. They just got loose from their skin, basically. So that's why the the one thing that always stuck out to me was the end scene where you fail and you see one of the characters sitting there and the eyes are looking up at you and there's blood trickling from one of the one of the eyeballs. <clears throat> but anyway, the uh, oh, five, you actually know more about this game than, than you do. You. <laughs> five Nights. Here's the thing about Five Nights at Freddy's. If you go into any bookstore, if you go into a Walmart or a Target, for example, you'll find a bunch of Five Nights at Freddy's books, paperbacks, yeah. in the children's section. <clears throat> it has been, it has basically turned into a children's horror franchise. It's basically... Goosebumps. It's, 
It's actually one step up from goosebumps because it implies deaths a lot more than goosebumps ever did. Yeah, so the, the idea of why these uh, animatronics come to life is because it is, uh, there's some kids that disappeared at this place, which is why it shut down, and their spirits are in these machines. Yeah, I think that's actually explored in the... I can't remember if it was explored in the video game or one of the books, but one of the first books, but it's an interesting concept. But uh, as you said, that not to spoil anything, I mean, let's be honest, it's Five Nights at Freddy's. We're not spoiling much. But that explains where the guy's little brother went. But the uh, I, could, I could probably take a wild guess about where that kid wound up. Well, actually, no. I mean, well... We don't have I, to go... We don't have to completely spoil it, but we can... Well, I mean, you would think that one of the... the his brother is one of them. Honestly, no. No. Hmm. That actually was a shocker to me, too. I was like... So they, oh. actually, they actually managed to not do the obvious then. Pretty yeah. Much. I was just like, wow. Okay. Incredible. But we'll get into uh, uncreatives doing obvious things a little bit later on because I've got a rant to go on about the sag after strike, but that'll be after the review at some point. But... Uh, Anyway, as I was saying, Five Nights at Freddy's has basically become has basically become the horror franchise for children. There's a another kind of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles basically became a, a children's action franchise. Okay, I mean, it's, none of them really have superpowers, so it's not like they're superheroes. It's just they're all ninjas. And when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first started in like 84, 83, 84, it was supposed to be a parody of the X-Men. I think we've gone over this before. It was a parody of the X-Men, but there was blood, not a lot of gore, but there was blood flying everywhere. They were not slicing robots in half, we'll say mm -hmm. that. And then once the cartoon hit in like 86, 87, then all of a sudden all the violent stuff kind of went away. And they start fighting robots, and it became a full-blown kids franchise to the point that it's Pluto TV has an entire channel devoted to nothing but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because Nickelodeon now owns the Turtles. Incidentally, uh, just found just saw advertisements for this. They're actually doing Avatar and Legend of Korra uh, uh, marathons on the weekends on the Turtles channel. So every Saturday and Sunday, they're doing nothing but, uh, I guess you get turtles through the week, and then on the weekends, you get uh, oh. Avatar, The Last Airbender, and The Legend of Korra. So, I'm excited about that. It's not James Cameron's Avatar, the real Avatar. The better. The better <laughs> Avatar. There are no blue furries here, okay? But uh, anyway, like I said, so... The movie's rated PG-13, but you said it actually should have been more like a PG. Yeah, because, again, like the deaths, you can see that the deaths are going to be gory, but it cuts away before it happens, and so you just hear like a scream or a thud, and that's pretty much it, and yeah. So that's what, like, that's what passes for a children's, <clears throat> I will a children's say this. franchise in Hollywood. <clears throat> Excuse me. I will say this. There is a... a uh, one character that I kind of wish we did get to see the death of, she, uh, the aunt, she she terrorized her uh, nephew and niece and stuff like that. And because she's been trying to get custody of the niece so she can get money 
from mm -hmm. the state every, you know. Mm -hmm. And she was, she's basically the villain of mm -hmm. the movie. Well, one of the villains of the movie. And you know she's about to die, and it doesn't show it until later on. You just see her laying on the floor, and it's like, that's one death I would actually like to see. <laughs> and you're not going to get it. It's like, dang it. I'll bet you money within, well, they'll probably knock out one more fran uh, sequel to this. Oh, yeah. They'll if not two. More. And then odds are it'll turn up on Nickelodeon and it's going to be uh, the new Nickelodeon horror thing. To go, <laughs> to go probably go with what with the new Are You Afraid of the Dark or something. But, well, it's a possibility. It's yeah. a possibility. But, yeah. Okay, so it's time now for the rule of five. We have a rule of five here at Geeking Out whenever we do a review. We, our reviews go from five to zero. And Chris Chris is Mr. Five O'Clock, let's, let's be honest. But for as far as movies are concerned, a five is Saturday night with a date and paying full price. Four is a discounted afternoon matinee. Three, maybe you rent it on Blu-ray or DVD. Two, you wait for it to come on Netflix. One, you wait for it to come on Pluto TV. And zero, you wouldn't even watch it drunk. Where would you place Five Nights at Freddy's, Christopher? I had a good time with the movie. Uh, again, it's exactly what you expect. It's not big. It's not small. Uh, it's just, just right. Yeah, it's just right. Um, I give it a three. Give it a three. So so good enough for a red box rental, but not really yeah, going streaming, out to see it. Whatever, you know. Which honestly, which actually it is on streaming mm. service too. Yes, it's on uh, Peacock. Yeah, it's one of the Universal things. So, oh, yeah. so it probably won't turn up on Paramount, but it'll turn up on Universal Kids at some point. But, unless Universal just runs it into the ground. And actually, if it's Universal, that means the Five Nights at Freddy's characters are going to start turning well, up at the parks. It's it's a uh, Blumhouse. So, yeah. So new Blumhouse. Okay, I'm going to come right out and say it. I don't care about Blumhouse. I do not care. Of course, I'm not a terror fan. I'm not a horror fan. No, I'm not. But it's... Hmm, Blumhouse has its fans. I would rather... I don't know. I'd rather sit down and watch something that's actually written well. But anyway, so you give it a three out of five. That takes yes. care of Five Nights at Freddy's. We will bury that bear right here and there. Now, speaking of poorly written and poorly executed things, let's get to SAG-AFTRA and the actor strike goes on. Okay, now, actually, a few weeks ago, Chris asked, because if you remember, the story so far this year has been uh, the writers went on strike. Yes. Somebody else went on strike. I can't, there were two unions went on strike at the same time. The Writers Guild and... It was the and, writers, the actors, and I think it was the anime, animation? I don't I know. I can't remember. There were two, two, two unions went on strike. Two Hollywood unions. And then SAG-AFTRA, which is the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Radio and Television Actors, which is the Actors Union in uh, America, headed up by Fran the Nanny Drescher, by the way. And they came in in, in solidarity with the Writers Guild. Well, the Writers Guild finally resolved their strike 
And then SAG-AFTRA said, well, we had all these strike posters printed up. Let's go ahead and make a phony baloney point. The hang-up for SAG-AFTRA right now is that they really, really, really want a taste of streaming rights. Okay, we talked about this on the last episode. Uh, this They want the same deal that uh, Sirius XM wound up having to give to the... Uh, to the guys who handle the music rights. Okay, that's uh, SCAP and BMI. The, uh, so basically, if you listen to satellite radio, you have to pay an extra buck or two every month to get the, the composer's union and the uh, writer's union out of your hair. So that way they can get a sweet little taste out of all those streaming things and then kick it back whatever's left over once they finish paying for their hookers and blow at the union, they'll keep, they'll throw a few crumbs to the composers and the writers. That's what SAG-AFTRA wants to do. They want hookers and blow too. So that so that's the hang-up right now. They I said it last time, they want a dollar for every screaming subscription. Did I say screaming subscription? Yes, you did. Close enough. Streaming subscription. Now, it's probably right the first time. We'll say screaming subscription if you're going to be paying a dollar extra for each one of these things. No idea what this does to services like Pluto TV and stuff if this actually goes through. The little free ones. Mm. But, uh... Maybe just pay a dollar for them. Dog goes today, right? Well, the, uh... The big thing is a lot... Okay, understand how Hollywood is set up. You've got people who are above the line and people who are below the line. That's the, that's the phrase. You're, are you familiar with this? Yeah. The guys who are above the line are... Above the line? Yeah, above the line actors are the ones... The, the A-list ones. Yeah, the, they're the ones the whose names go... Tom above. Cruise. And... Their names will be posted above the title, yeah. usually, because it's like Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman... Mission Impossible 47 and a half, the whatever. Below the line actors are the ones who show up in mice type at the bottom of the movie poster. Okay. The below the line guys are furious at SAG after right now because they're running out of savings. Okay. These are the guys who live month to month. They're the ones who are scraping to get by. Those are the guys who have to go out and work like Waiter, waiter jobs, park cars, things like that, so they can make ends meet when things like this happen. So, I mean, you got your A-list stars who are above the line. B-list stars are below the line. They're they're struggling, but they're all right. Then you got the C-list guys who come after the also featuring credit. And then you got the D-list guys who don't show up on the poster. And those are the guys who are starving right now. And they are screaming for Fran Drescher's blood. So the question is, how soon will SAG-AFTRA settle? I don't know. But there's a lot of projects up in the air right now. The studios would love to break the union on this because, frankly, nobody blames the studios anymore. They're all blaming SAG-AFTRA and they're blaming Fran Drescher for this. Because the real issues, the, the strikes over the real issues have already been settled. They've come to accounts, the writers and everybody. Now it's down to the, the screen actors. Get. So 
the real question is how much longer will the union tolerate this before our people start crossing the picket lines? Once the once the delist the delisters will cross at any point, okay, because they just want to get paid. The C listers, if they can start getting some if they can start getting some reassurances from the studios, they may cross cross the lines. The B listers, the guys who don't go above above the title, if they see all these A listers holding out, those B listers are just a step behind them as it is. If they go and cross the picket line and work for the studios anyway and break the union, that would break the union. If the B-listers do it, they'll be treated like the new A-listers, and the A-listers are going to be left out in the cold. No studio will want to work with them because they walked out and wouldn't cooperate. And the union is broken. So it's a matter of time to see just how much longer they, the starving can starve before somebody grabs Fran Drescher with one of those comically oversized shepherd's hooks and yanks her off the stage. Ooh. Who knows how much longer that'll be. But actors are a cowardly and superstitious lot, so I know I'll dress as a director. Oh, yeah, actually. that reference. You <laughs> pretty much are dressed as a director. Hey, if you can spot it, spot it. Anyway, you, do, you actually do look like the 80s uh, Steven Spielberg. For those of you who, who are listening to, for all three of you who listen to the, uh, to the audio podcast, I am spouting, uh, I'm sporting right now. A yellow, red, and green on black Hawaiian shirt. So I'm surprised you can't actually see it through your radio right now. So <laughs> do not adjust your screen, folks. So anyway, <laughs> so SAG after that's the thing. Um, yeah. What now? I got something else I was going to talk about, and I can't think of it. So Chris, what have you got in the in the pile and pile of stuff? And I'm sure I'll think of it here in a minute. Apollo stuff. How old stuff? Apollo stuff. This How is the, old stuff. This is the segment where I've written my stuff down and got some cards, and I'm going to read off of them. And, and yeah. for those of you who are watching at home oh, yeah. on your radio, yeah. sorry, I forget that people oh. actually listen to us. To be no, not many, but enough. <laughs> Boy, there's a rant and a half. <laughs> I I don't know what's happened. I really don't know. This is a little behind the scenes stuff here. I have been posting to Rumble, YouTube, and I mean, we've been posting Facebook and YouTube for six years now. Yeah. I still can't see the see the numbers on Facebook. You can see the numbers on Facebook better than I can. YouTube, we will pick up to about 12 or 15 viewers, then all of a sudden we're knocked back down to six. And then it slowly builds back up to about 20 viewers and it's knocked back down to six. I don't know what in the world's going on. Hmm. Usually it corresponds to right around the time one of us has a nice political rant on any of the shows. And every episode I've noticed of the chore of duty that I post, we take it, we take it in the shorts on our, our subscriber. So, or at least on our view counts. But, uh, but all of a sudden, Rumble, I've been posting to Rumble for about a year now. After it's really managed, it's a YouTube alternative, Rumble is, okay? And it's not still not quite ready for prime time yet. But it's doing a lot better than when it first started. They've gotten a lot of the, the kinks out. All of a sudden, the past month, I've been, we were drawing zero views 
for a solid year. Zero, 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 zero. A month ago, suddenly we get five views. And then we get six views. And then we get 10 views. I think our last week's episode, after I finally got it up, I think last week's episode is up to like 12 or 14 views. Hmm. So we are finally starting to show some views on Rumble. So nice. I, we don't do this very often because I consider it kind of crass. We've, Chris, honestly, do you think we're ever going to make any money at this? No, no, we're doing this. We're doing this for funsies at this point. Okay, so I mean, Chris would love to make a living doing this, but he's not going to do it on this show because I don't give a crap. I I do I do it for funsies, but Chris has his own thing. He can make money at that if he can if if he decides to to take it seriously and start pushing hard enough. But that involves actually going toddling off on your own. No. But I, like I said, I honestly don't give a crap. So I, I don't sit here and come up with hashtags, and I don't do SEO stuff, the search engine optimization. I don't do all these little backstage thing to, to play the game and build up traffic. We are not monetized. We've never been monetized. The only thing we ever made was $5 and change with Anchor, and then Anchor was bought by Spotify, and Spotify said, nope, you ain't getting that. So we lost five five and a half dollars because Spotify bought Anchor. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Spotify. You billionaire blanking blanks. But anyway, so anyway, we don't say this very often. But please, if you like the show, like the show. Yes, please. If you really like the show, subscribe to the show. And best of all, go out and tell your friends that yes. hey, these guys are idiots. But they're funny every once in a while. It might be every other week or so, but they get in. They they do. They get something funny in every once yeah, in a while. Subscribe, like, leave comments. You know, all that yeah. good stuff. Yeah, leave us some hookers and blow in the comments, and we'll, we'll be just fine. So, <laughs> all right, Chris, what have you got in the pile of junk? All right, here we go. The, the POD. <clears throat> Last week we had a huge trailer dump all over the place. A lot of movie trailers just. Mm-hmm. Was everywhere. Yeah. So here are these movie trailers. I have seen one of these movie trailers. In case we'll you talk are about it when we get to it. In case you guys are interested, yeah. we have Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Why is that not just called Kingdom of the Apes? I said this on I said this on Twitter X whatever it's called this week. I think I got one like for it. Why is it not called Kingdom of the Apes? Okay. I, I understand it's. Know. I, I know they call it the franchise Planet of the Apes, but crying out loud it is a big title just because you put of the okay when this is not a joke if i see something of the something of the something i think mexican cinema because del in in a mexican movie means of the so sangria del centro del sol or something like that i if i see of the of the of the of the I'm thinking foreign films, and I just pass right on by, which is a shame because this one actually looks kind of fun. Yeah, it looks it looks fun. Um, but, you know, I just want to point out, I think it's hilarious that you pointed that out because when I was writing this down, I was like, why do they have two of those? <laughs> of like the. That's, it's like, hey, you know, we have an episode title. Of the. Of the. Of the. Of the. Of the. That's, uh, but that's yeah. our catchphrase from now on. Of the. Of the. Of the. So yeah, uh, the apes 
series continues. Um, a spinoff of Hawkeye, Marvel's Hawkeye. Why? Uh, I don't know. Why? Honestly. And well, hold on. Hold why? On. Hold that. Why? Why not? Uh, a character that appeared in the show called Echo. Um, that the deaf Native American. Yes. Shape? Um, for some reason, they decided to do a spinoff all about her. Because now, there's a white guy in it. Except for the Actually, guy. yes, there is. Yeah. There's, except for the villain. Yeah. But here's the thing, okay? I watched the trailer. Mm. And I honestly was intrigued because it didn't seem like all the other Marvel franchises. It, there was actually like really good fighting scenes. Really good action scenes. And I'm just like, wow. This is, it kind of reminded me of Daredevil when it was on Netflix. Mm. Or The Punisher when it was on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this actually seems interesting. But is this really going to be on Disney Plus? <laughs> like, I was like, it might be a little bit too violent mm, for, but. for Disney Plus. But, I mean, but. okay. There's always a big old plot. Rule number two. Yeah. Oh, here's the problem Marvel has. It's PWS, Poisoned Well Syndrome. Okay. You have done so much race lifting. Wait, 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 wait. 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 No, wait. No, no, no. Hold on. Go hold ahead. On. Hold Go on. ahead. Go ahead. Because you should probably save that for the other story that I have. Uh-oh. He's got another one. Okay. We'll cut... Let's put a, a bookmark on this one. We'll come back to it. Yes. So what's Cause, your... Because that one's called Marvel in Trouble. So... Uh, <laughs> I've seen that one. That was the variety thing, right? Okay, go ahead and yeah, talk, let's so, talk about the variety so, article. Go ahead and tell them about that. Oh, go ahead and go into that one? Yeah, let's just okay. jump straight to it so we can cover it all at one, all right. one foul swoop. All right. So, yes, Variety has published this article called Marvel in Trouble. And there's this huge thing about why, of course... Which we have been talking about for how long now? Six years. And now people are starting to see it. So, hey, Chris, welcome to the I Told You So Circus. Because <laughs> usually I'm the one telling you I told you so. Now you can finally tell everybody I told you so. And it is rarefied air up here. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Go ahead. So, yeah, uh, there's articles all over the place about how, like, nobody's watching Loki Season 2. Uh-uh. Um, the Marvels is about to come out. And, and nobody wants to see it either. The trailer alone, the trailer <laughs> alone, first of all, I want to I talk about the trailer for the Marvels. Oh, boy. In the show, in the trailer, it has Brie Larson as, as Miss Marvel going... I'm sort of a celebrity here, and it does flashbacks of when she was fighting Thanos, and I'm like, you do realize it's not just you, and you did not take down Thanos by yourself, right? So the whole fact that she's like, I'm sort of a celebrity down here, is like, really? Are you? <laughs> like, you and what, a thousand others? <laughs> they took on Thanos. A cast of hundreds. Yeah. You're like, I mean, okay. But 
in the trailer, it has this thing where it says, get your tickets now to see the Marvels and, you know, stuff like that. Well, I've been seeing this commercial for, I, I'm, I'm thinking, oh man, like uh, the last couple of months. And every time it says, get your tickets now, I'm like, I wonder how much tickets that they've actually sold. Well, I'm, hold on. I'm having to take notes here real quick because I'm thinking of my thousand miles a minute. Go right ahead and continue. I don't know the exact number, but it was released saying that ticket sales for the Marvels is low than what they thought it would be. So, yeah. Uh, yeah and which I thought it would. They're saying somewhere about a 40 to $60 million opening weekend, which would be disastrous for this film, because I'm pretty sure it is minimum $200 million budget. You have to double that to count for all the all the trailers and ads that you're seeing. Yeah. <laughs> so then you make $400 million to break even. They're, they're pushing the Marvels to be the big Marvel movie, you know? And I really don't think it's going to do that. I really don't think it's going to make it that far. I have a feeling that it is going to be a bomb at the box office. It might make some money, but I don't think it's going to make what they put into it. So, yeah. So, yeah, the, the Marvel is in trouble. They're, they say that they're trying to fix things, but I doubt that they are going to do anything to revive what they have already destroyed because they already there's already more pushback on uh i can't remember the guy's name that plays kane the conqueror apparently he's in more trouble after he was in, in trouble they fired him brought him back and now he's in trouble again so yeah and also finally somebody pointed out how that kane the conqueror acted really horrible and I was like, that's what I've been trying to say. They've been trying to put this guy up as the next big baddie like Thanos. And I am not impressed by it at all. So I'm not the only one. He's writing over there like crazy. What what, what you got? Every It seems like every week for the past month or two, all we do is talk about Disney. We have, it is, we yeah. go on like a 15, 20-minute rant about Disney. Because Disney is just blowing it so bad. And we just keep calling it out week after week after week after week. Well, the <laughs> the falafel has hit the fan this week. The uh, that variety piece, basically, variety is saying out loud what people have been saying for years, both both on the the fan side and the professional side inside. Yeah. Okay, the insiders, the outsiders, the pros, and then the fan the what they call the fandom menace, basically. The uh, that uh, specifically the Star Wars fans who hate the direction Star Wars has come in since Disney took over. Okay, so first off, that variety nothing happens in Hollywood without the studio's little fingerprints all over it. Yeah. Okay. Nothing happens. You might get an independent bust out once in a while, like a Blair Witch or something like that. Most of the time. Little fingers are moving the little strings, and and everybody's just dancing the tune, including Variety magazine. Variety putting this out 
has to have done it. And I guarantee this is going to come out. Variety did it at the behest of Disney. Marvel in trouble. Okay. This is basically Bob Iger trying to take the Etch-A-Sketch, turn it upside down, and shake it so you can start over. Because there's so much dreck, there's so much garbage, there's so much filth in the pipeline right now. Basically, he wants to take creative X-Lax and just, <laughs> just all over everything, yeah. all over the walls, yeah, just all get it out, get it out of the pipeline. Okay. <laughs> this is why there, there are rumors about a new Avengers film starting. And we actually talked about this back around Endgame. The idea was Endgame, Avengers Endgame was supposed to end what they called Phase 3. Mm. Okay. This is about the time that uh, the rank, the the normies, the people who don't watch the industry news. That Avengers Endgame is where people started finding out Marvel actually had an overarching plan. There was a phase one that started with Iron Man and then phase two and then phase three that ended with Endgame. And then they were going to start phase four. And the story started coming out early that this was all going to be feminist stuff. It's going to be race-lifted stuff. It's going to be woke drag. Okay. Phase four, and then phase five, they were hoping it was going to be a little bit better. No, more of the same. We got the marbles coming out. We had all this other stuff. We had not the Black Panther and all the other stuff come in. Okay. Which honestly was a shame because Black Panther 2 was not nearly as bad as it could have been. But still, it, it has the taint to it, which I'm going to talk, to, talk about in a minute. Bob Iger is telling Kevin Feige, if he doesn't fix this, he's out the door. If he's not out the door already, Scuttlebutt, don't you do it. Scuttlebutt says Kevin Feige already has one foot out the door. He's dancing anyway. Scuttlebutt. <laughs> Kevin Feige already has one, one foot out the door. They're going to start phase six early. They have completely given up on phase five. Okay, Phase four is done. Phase five is dead. And they're probably going to bury it with the marbles. Okay. Maybe with Echo, it depends on how long, who outlasts the other. We'll get to Echo in a minute. All right, Phase 6 is going to begin with a new Avengers movie. This is the scuttlebutt. And this, this is coming from Victor Van, Von Doomcock, and he's been reliable in the past on some of these Disney scoops. He is reporting that they're going to bring Robert Downey Jr. back as Iron Man. And Scarlett Johansson back as the Black Widow, and they're going to reform the Avengers. But how? Okay, here's how. Remember Endgame, there were two snaps. Hulk did a snap and broke his arm. And then Iron Man did a snap and killed himself. Basically. When... <laughs> this is insane, but this is perfect for Disney. So when Hulk did the snap, you get Phase 4 and Phase 5. After Hulk did his snap, when when Tony Stark does his snap at the end, he starts Phase Six and retcons everything. So, in other words, everything that happened in Phase Four and Phase Five will be flushed right on out of the system and completely ignored, and they're going to start over with Endgame and try again. And that's the excuse they're going to use. Okay, so part of me is looking at this and kind of going, I don't want them to do it, but part of me is looking at, at this and kind of going, 
you know what? This might actually work. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Okay, Disney, Robert Downey Jr. was getting tired of doing Iron Man. Yeah, all of them was tired. They were all getting tired of doing the same characters over and over, and you can't blame them because, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. Okay. Uh, the problem is that now Disney, the multi-billion dollar cash cow that carried Disney for years... Marvel is now struggling, and they're losing value just week after week after day after day. It's it's just shredding. It's just shedding its value. So you go to Robert Downey Jr. I keep wanting to call him Morton Downey. I have been since forever. I'm sorry, Robert. You go to Robert Downey, Downey Jr. and say, I will give you anything. I will give you a blank check. I need you to come back and be Iron Man in at least one more movie. Two, if you're feeling generous, okay. Because you can pay Robert Downey Jr. a hundred million dollars to do one film. Chris, if Robert Downey Jr. is playing Iron Man in the new Avengers movie, would you go see it? Yes. Yes, you would, because Robert Downey Jr. represented the quality era, the populist era, the popular era of Marvel. Okay, the good old days. Quote, unquote. Scarlett Johansson's going to be back as the Black Widow just to mollify the, the feminists, okay? And they'll pay her whatever. It'll be 77 cents on the dollar. So she might get $77 million, which is still nothing to sneeze at. But they're going to reboot everything and try this again, which means you'll have a new T'Challa show up. That fixes Black Panther. Maybe they can find a Hulk who won't shoot his mouth off about some kind of Jew-hated hatred or something. <laughs> like, like Eric Bana did. Was Eric Bana or was it? Well, Mark Ruffalo's the Mark Ruffalo's the hater. Yeah, that's right. I keep getting them confused because I never paid any attention to any of them. Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. That's your Hulk. <laughs> anyway, which if they were to get, if they were to do a Hulk movie based on that... I would watch. <laughs> then we, we need to sit out and fantasy book a new Hulk movie. Who would we have to replay? Who would we have to play Bill Bixby playing David Banner? And who would we have playing Lou Ferrigno playing the Hulk, Incredible Hulk? But that's another day. Arnold. No, 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 Don't make me go down that. Don't make me go down that. Hear me out. Hear me out. Don't make me go down that alley. Hear me out. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Hear me out. All right. Rick Moranis, and then when he becomes the Hulk, Arnold or Dave Bautista. Yeah, you're about twenty. Well, you're about thirty-two years, thirty years too late on the first one, and about ten years too late on the second one. Yeah. I agree with the idea of using wrestlers, though. Shoot, I, I shouldn't go there. But. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, we're I, getting off topic. Oh, I can think of some things to do there. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Okay, my next thought, and I've been writing this down, remember, meat substitutes. No, hear me what? out. Meat substitutes. Remember when fake meat was all the rage? Everybody was pouring millions of dollars into research and development. I mean hundreds of millions of dollars figuring out how to make soy-based, not just soy-based, but 
plant-based meat substitutes. I am so confused. On okay, no, 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 no. Stay with me here. Stay with me. Okay. Hang in there. Just follow me to the end. They spent all this money on meat substitutes. You had Beyond Meat. You had Impossible Meat. You had all these other non-meat meat companies. Okay. And they couldn't sell it for, for Adam. They couldn't get anybody to buy it. The reason why is because everybody was too busy virtue signaling how much they cared about the environment and the animals to actually sit down and drop hard shekels on paying for this crappy, over hormone-laden, made-from-crushed-roots fake meat. Okay? So they swore, the audience swore up and down it was there. They were down with the struggle and everything. Never turned up at the register to pay for it. So, Impossible and Beyond and all these other guys are losing billions of dollars a year. And they will continue until they finally go bankrupt. They're going to go away in another year or two. It was a fad. What has that got to do with Marvel Phase 4 and 5? People swore up and down they wanted representation. They wanted diversity in their movies. They wanted equity in their movies. They wanted inclusivity in their movies. Swore up and down, that's what they want. DEI, or as I call it, DIE. Nobody was willing to pay for it. And Disney, Disney didn't just bet the farm on DEI. They doubled down and mortgaged everybody, other people's farms to pay for it. That's what happened to Star Wars. That's what happened to all the other properties that they have. They have run them all into the ground doubling down on this DEI stuff. Here goes our YouTube count again. But it's... <laughs> but I'm, I'm serious. It, people were signaling their virtues about how much they would be willing to support this, and then when it came time to put the shekels down, off they go. Never materialized. Hmm. So Hollywood is stuck with all this woke crap in the system. There's actually a related story to that. I'm going to go on a, on, on a tangent here. I know it's odd. I don't usually do. I don't usually go off on tangents. Please. Chris. Chris. Give, give, just give me a, off the top of your head, how many scripts do Hollywood's big studios go have to review in a year? How many scripts are submitted to the Hollywood studios? Oh, I'm going to say probably a good... 20, 20, 25, maybe. You got closer than I thought you would. 50,000 a year. 50,000 a year. 50,000 completed scripts every year. Because you got the writers, you got the writers who are not well known, and then you got wannabe writers. Right. It was like, I have an idea. Here it is. And And they're all submitting scripts through the talent agencies, and throughout. Okay, So if you know somebody who knows somebody, here comes the script out of nowhere. Somebody somebody has to read 50,000 scripts. Yeah. Trust me, Universal does not have one guy who reads all these scripts. Okay. Okay. And, and it's not just the studios are reading 50... It's not just all the studios at large are reading 50,000 scripts. Each of the studios has to read each of those 50,000 scripts because there's that, that chance to catch lightning in a bottle. Because they keep coming up with new creative ideas that suddenly make up a, a fortune. Blair Witch. 
just pops out of nowhere. They don't want to miss out. Okay. Well, they have to have somebody read those 50,000 scripts. You want to know why Hollywood is so woke? Okay. You got activists in the board of boards of directors of these studios and their corporate parents. But none of the producers are going to read 50,000 scripts. None of the directors are going to read 50,000 scripts. The actors certainly aren't going to read 50,000 scripts. Who does the drudge work in any large corporation? The college interns. Okay. What did, especially since October 7th, what do we know about college campuses, Christopher, especially in Southern California? They are choke full of woke. And they are, they, and they despise Jews. But that's, that's another thing. See, I was going to say, it's like, just because you find a script that is amazing and you turn it in and they're like, oh, you got, this is the premise of it. You got Mm -hmm. to, you got, this is good. Right. And they'll be like, okay. But then they will sit there and look at it and read it and be like, this is great. This is amazing. But I will also, ch- there's a few changes that we might want to make mm-hmm. on this. For good and bad. And, and usually for the bad. Yeah. <laughs> because remember, okay, so you've got these college interns who have been fully versed in woke for ages. Okay. Ever since they set foot on campus and for a lot of them long before that. They go through and they start reading these scripts and they're skimming them over and they see, you know, here's here's Iron Man 3 or Iron Man 4 or whatever, Total Recall 2, whatever it is. And do we really need another white guy hero? Toss it. And so they start tossing all these with the white guy heroes. Well, this one has a lot of diverse characters in it. It has a lot of gender benders in it. It's got a lot of representation in it. There's equity. There's inclusivity. I'll pass this along and let them look at it because they're just there to winnow, winnow the field. And so you've got a flotilla of about 50, 50 or 100 of these unpaid interns screening it, and 99 of them are woke as all get out, so they're only passing along the woke stuff. Well, it gets up to the guys in charge, and they have to report to woke executives at the studios and their corporate overlords. Well, they have to... Now they have to sit here and they have to go through the woke of the woke. And so it just distills the wokery more and more until mm-hmm. you just get this, until you get the marbles. Yeah. You and get you get the people until, that buys vegan water. You, buy, you get the people that buy vegan water. Exactly. <laughs> and you get the people. And you were telling us, you're telling me about, go ahead and explain to them vegan water. I saw this thing where there's a scam of people actually buying vegan water. And it's like doing, like, they're trying to get the word out that this vegan water is amazing and all this stuff. And everybody knows it's a scam except for a, I want to say a group. I want to say that there's a bunch of morons out there that actually believes that there is vegan water and they're buying, what, $80 they're paying $80 for a jug of water that somebody probably took out of their bathtub and hey, saying it's vegan. Chris, quick. Name, name, how, how many 30-year-old vegans do you know? Uh, none, honestly. You grow out of it. You get the stupid out and you grow out of it. Okay. 
there are still people buying organics and I tell you, I've told you people before, organics just means it has natural cow poop on it that you can wash <laughs> off. Seriously, that's the difference between organic and inorganic. Inorganic, inorganic uses chemical fertilizers and organic uses cow poop or sheep poop or donkey poop or horse poop or some combination of dog poop even. Whatever, it's poop, it fertilizes, but they don't sanitize it, so you really got to be careful eating organic stuff. There was a salient point here. What was it? Before I don't know. Before we, I we, walked, we, wanted off in the poop. Either way. So getting back, rolling it back <laughs> to, to Marvel, okay, and all the woke stuff going on. So the 50,000 scripts just overwhelms the system, and the people who are screening it are more inclined to pick woke projects. Yes. Okay, that's basically what I'm trying to say. Here's the problem. We were t I was talking earlier before you did this last story about uh, poisoned well syndrome. Okay, You poison the well and nobody's willing to drink from that water anymore. I don't care how vegan it is. Okay? <laughs> Nobody wants to drink the water anymore. Echo. Echo. Now you heard me treat that with contempt at first. It, it, yeah. It's the reflex. Yeah. We have been dealing with so much diversity, inclusivity, and equity. There's that D-I-E I was talking about. We've been dealing with that woke stuff for so long. It's now knee-jerk reaction. I see a woman in charge. I'm thinking it's a feminist movie. If I see if I see a minority, I'm thinking in a lead. I'm thinking diversity higher. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> I I know this is mean, but I was going to say, hey, she can't speak. <laughs> There's a selling point right there. <laughs> so here's the thing about Echo, okay? We I have said we both said before on this show, if you want if you want diverse characters, roll your own. Stop race lifting existing characters, okay? Create your own characters. Make them interesting. Put them in interesting situations. Give them interesting characteristics. Run them through their paces. Show that they have to struggle because nobody wants to see, nobody wants to see well, a hero in God mode. Just ask Superman. Well, hold okay. on, hold on. When we say struggle, there's a different type of struggle we're talking about. Not I'm the whole. Not talking about the woke struggle. I'm talking. Uh, see, I'm not talking down with the struggle. I'm talking about actually struggling to succeed in spite, in face of overwhelming yeah, odds. Exactly that. That type of struggle. <laughs> Since we're since I'm slamming woke and I've already killed our viewer count on YouTube and Facebook anyway, let me just go ahead and say it for the Rumble guys, okay? Woke assumes that white Christian men are superior to all other groups. This is the quiet part that's never been said. Even I haven't said it until now, but it, I think you guys are finally starting to see through the cracks in the facade. You're beginning to recognize this, okay? And I'm just now looking at the screen and noticing we look like Chip and Dale, the Rescue Rangers, because I've got the little Hawaiian shirt on, and you've got the little dark stuff on, so with the cap. So you look like Chip, <laughs> and I look like Dale. Anyway, back to it now. <sighs> woke, woke, and diversity, inclusivity, uh, equity. All assumes that everybody is inferior to the white Christian man and that they can never catch up on their own. Therefore, 
the white Christian man must be dragged down to the inferior level of everybody else. And our woke overlords are going to be the ones to get us there because they're the only ones enlightened enough on the entire planet to pull it off. Hmm. <sighs> so, there, I said it. Go ahead, just nuke me off of YouTube. I don't care. It means one less place I have to upload these things. Having said that, Echo. <laughs> I mean, Echo. Hold on. Echo is a perfect example of what I was talking about. Yes, she, woman representation. Yes, Native American, minority representation. Deaf, physical disability, which is woefully underused, by the way. I think Charles Xavier's about it. And Daredevil. He's blind. I forgot. Okay. He's not visually impaired. He's blind. Okay. Echo is deaf, so she has to cope with things in her own way. That's actually an interesting concept because it does take Daredevil and kind of like, I don't want to say turns it on its ear. That was the first thing. Oh, in my head. goodness. <laughs> but, That's almost <laughs> as bad as my... <laughs> Well, <laughs> Standing on its head, we'll say. It stands daredevil on its head. So instead of blind and the other senses compensating, she's deaf and mute, right? Yeah. She's a deaf mute. Okay. Back in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, there was a character, they reinvented Batgirl. Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane. Yeah. When she started, Oh my goodness, I fell in love with that book so hard, so fast. Yeah. No, she could not speak. She was amazing. She had to communicate and and she and understand, she didn't even know sign language, so you couldn't even use that as a crutch. The only way she communicated was through fighting and through body movements. She could read body movements like you listen to me talking right now. Okay, that's how she that's how she understood people. So she was trained from an early age to be completely non-communicative since an infant. She never heard anybody talk, never heard, never heard any speech. She was trained just to fight since an infant. <clears throat> that is a huge challenge for a character, a heroic character, and a huge struggle to overcome. And it makes the character unique. And it makes the character stand out. Cassandra Kane, what was the here? Look at this. What was the race of Cassandra Kane? Honestly, I can't remember. She can't think. She can't think. Chinese. She's half Chinese, half Caucasian. Okay. Okay. Her dad was an assassin named David Kane. He was one of the world's great assassins. Her mom was Lady Shiva, who was one of the greatest. Uh, martial arts fighters on the planet. So, it, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't checked it out. The writer, bless his little heart, he did what he could, but he just could not continue to write that way. I don't know, I, and, and honestly, I don't think it's the writer's fault. I think it's the editorial's fault at DC because they thought if it didn't have pages of dialogue, nobody would understand what was going on. It was a purely visual book. The only people who talked were all the other characters and Batgirl couldn't understand them. 
The only one who truly understood her was Batman because Batman figured out what she was doing before anybody else did and he knew how to speak to her because he had trained to fight so long, much longer than she did, that he instantly recognized her issue and helped her through it. And gave, that's why he gave her the Batgirl identity, to help her adapt to life among mortal human beings. Echo has the chance to go down that same barely-traveled path. Yeah. One more example, and then we'll wrap this, because we're already an hour into this. Okay. Barbara Gordon. Now, after the killing joke, the killing joke was where Batman and, and Joker had their big showdown. Joker tortures Commissioner Gordon and shoots Barbara Gordon in the spine. Okay. It was supposed to be an Elseworlds novel. It was supposed to be an alternate, an alternate universe. But the guys at DC, especially the bad editors, loved it so loved the idea so much they worked it into the continuity. And suddenly, Barbara Gordon is paralyzed from the waist down. And so she's confined to a wheelchair. Okay. After all these years running around as Batgirl, now she's confined to a wheelchair. She can still kick butt with, with her hands and, and stuff, but she's confined to a wheelchair. What more can she do? What she does is she reinvents herself. She reinvents herself as... Uh, oh, the character's name. Thank goodness. She, know, she knows so much about so many people, and she has so many contacts in the, heroes, in the heroes' realm, especially with the Justice League. And she's compiling all these files on villains, and she starts networking all over the globe. Oracle is who she became. She became Oracle. And all of a sudden, she is a unique character in the entire comic book industry because the only other major comic book hero around in a wheelchair was Charles Xavier, okay, with the X-Men. He was the only other one, him and the chief over at Doom Patrol, but who pays attention to Doom Patrol? <laughs> so, that made her unique. Such a waste they gave, they let her start walking again and made her Batgirl again. Cassandra Kane winds up becoming the Black Bat for a little while, and they can't figure out what to do with her because... Everybody knows her by now. They can't make her super woke or anything. So now DC has no idea what to do with her. <sighs> Wasted opportunities. And as I getting, believe it or not, I do remember poison well syndrome. People knee jerk to the idea of female, physically, disa physically disabled minority. It's woke. I'm not giving this a chance because I'm not going to waste my time on it. I don't need to be lectured. This could be an unwoke show. This could be a landmark show. The, the writers could actually care about developing the characters. They could have, come up with creative scripts. They could come up with creative ideas. And then as long as they don't let her start talking and hearing halfway through the show and curing somebody with a physical disability, which is because it makes it much harder to tell the story, Nobody's going to give Echo a chance, and I got it. And like I said earlier in the episode when we started, I blew off the whole idea because it was like, why would I get? I heard Native American deaf, and I was like, uh -huh, I'm done. Now, will I go subscribe to Disney Plus to see this? No, no, no. 
I'm not going to subscribe to Disney Plus if I don't have to. And I don't. But if I could see it for free somewhere, give it a chance, give it a try, like it turns up on ABC or if it turns up on one of these other services or something, I might give it a try. And who knows? I might get sold on it enough that I would buy a one-month subscription to try it to watch the rest of the episodes. It's been known to happen. But you poison the well for so long, so effectively, that who's going to give it a try? And now Disney Plus, and this is the, the last statement I'm going to make on it, because I've actually gone through my notes that I was scribbling while Chris was talking a half hour ago. Disney Plus is trying to change its perception from being the the kid the kids babysitter because that's the that's the reputation Disney Plus now has it's the kids babysitter the cartoons are there for little kids the Marvel and Star Wars stuff is supposed to be there for teenagers and now they want to start doing stuff for adults stuff that would get the TVMA or the R rating and stuff. And nobody's going to give it the time of day because they're so used to seeing all the new stuff suck. So now that makes Disney Plus's job that much harder. Odds are, bet you money, Echo winds up moving over to Hulu before the series finishes posting. Mm. We'll see what happens. Okay, like I said, we are now over an hour into this. Chris, do you have any really pressing things that we need to discuss before we boogie out? Uh, what do you got? All right, go ahead. Let's, let, let's do the quick rundown so that way we can, we can get through the things and see what's going on. Okay. Okay. So let's the finish with the with the trailer drops. Finish strong. Yeah, well, uh, I forgot we started with the trailer drops. <laughs> yeah. We've only gone through two. We haven't even gotten to the fall guy yet. But. Yeah, uh, we got uh, Monarch, which is the company that runs the whole uh, Godzilla and all of them, the TV series that is coming out. There's that. That's uh, what Godzilla minus one. No, no, no. No, that's, that's a different. This, one. this, this is. Oh, the I'm TV just, series. I'm just stepping all over his lines today. The movie is Godzilla <laughs> minus one. That one I want to see. Yes. And then we got Fall Guy. The Fall Guy. Now remind me again. The the lead actor on that one is Ryan Gosling. I want to like Ryan Gosling. I do. This is not the fall guy. This is a fall guy. It's not the fall guy. The fall guy was Lee Majors, and he was a, a an expert stuntman in Hollywood who wound up chasing guys jumping bail. This looks like a comedy mystery movie. Yeah. No, 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 no. And besides, wasn't Ryan Gosling? What 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 other characters does Ryan Gosling play? Just, what do I know him from? Ken and Barbie. Ken and Barbie. Another movie I didn't see and don't care about. Okay. Show my ignorance. Who was Green Lantern in the movie? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. I keep getting those two confused. <laughs> you can't keep throwing Ryans at me, Todd Comet. Okay. I was like, this, oh, hey, wow. at least I checked this time. I've been down that rickety road before. I'm going to have to start leaving notes for myself on the walls here. I'm going to have to start tearing all the decorations down, just leaving notes for myself. Oh, so I, uh, <laughs> anyway, I don't care about the fog. Yeah. So what else we got? 
James Gunn's uh, DCU uh, starter uh-huh. is uh, the show uh, Creature Commando is being pushed back due to the strike. Uh-huh. But adds that uh, Anya... I, I don't know. on a top. Um, anyway, as a reference, there will be they will be adding an actress that will be playing the classic Wonder Woman. Hmm. That's all we got on that one. Okay, I guess we're not talking to Gal Gadot anymore then. Okay, Creature Commandos is an interesting idea. It's a different idea, and I swear to you, it's going to come off looking like Drag Pack, <laughs> and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Having because if I remember the if I remember this right, and this is like from seventies, eighties. You had a vampire, you had a wolf man, you had a not the Frankenstein monster. You had Medusa, because they needed a token female, even back then. And there was another one like no, I think it was just the four. It was the primary primarily the four, I think. And they went through World War Two being commandos. Because, you know, being supernatural, they couldn't really die. And they could wreak havoc. I believe they... I'm trying to remember. It seems to me like they went through the Pacific. While the other DC World War II heroes, like Sergeant Rock and stuff, went through the European theater. A little iffy on that one. But if they do go through the Pacific, that means they might meet a giant lizard, which would be A-OK in my book. This is one I'm hoping for, but I'm not holding my breath. No. Okay, so that's all you got then, Chris? Yep, yep. All right. Need let us get this out the door already. Hopefully, before we record the next episode. But yes. By the way, just a quick question. I have stopped doing all the post-production stuff on the last few episodes, as you kind of noticed, so, because we're not, like, in the corner of the screen anymore, and we don't have the little rundown and stuff. What do you think about that? Because this makes it a lot easier on, on, on me. Would you rather get more timely episodes, or would you rather get the overproduced episodes that I've been doing? Because it doesn't matter what you say, I'm doing this. But I would like to... <laughs> I would like to hear your opinions about it, but just understand your opinion means squat to me, okay? Because I am too old, too fat, and too bald to care anymore. So, <laughs> so until next time, I am your old, fat, bald spite. I'm not drinking. quite as old, but still fat and, and hey. bald, Chris. No, wait a minute. Don't make me. Don't make me. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know it. You know I'll do it. You know I'll do it. You almost expect me to rip it off his head. I will. Like this. I will. <laughs> He'll bite. That's the problem. I will bite, and then I'll sing the Scuttlebutt song all over the place. <laughs> Scuttlebutt. See, there he goes. Until next time, y'all keep on geeking out. Bye. Bye.